You've reached Hoop and Holler, a Square One podcast. I had to go to CBA school, salary cap school, and tampering school. Can't say, hey, I want you to come to the Lakers, even though I'm going to be wink- winking like. <laughs> On basketball and other shenanigans. I mean, good for you. I mean, you probably won't get hired by, you know, ESPN anytime soon. Because <laughs> you don't have that clutch connection. I have a job to do. With Reagan Griffin Jr. Reagan, you're the best, I say, man. Hey, I say, hey, yo, Jermichael, he turns around. I'm like, you know Lakers coming for that ass this year, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Eddie Sun. Some voters just like to be contrarian, you know, whether it's for clicks, whether it's for just because you they like to be contrarian. contrarian. Yes, you do. That's true. I feel like, like Eddie going to be the type to be like, case. MVP? James Harden. We're not against rap. We're not against rappers. But we are against those analytics. The analytics. And Julio Martinez. Braun just frustrates me sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. You've been hyping up this game. Obviously, it's a big game. He he looks juice for it. Bro, just score the ball. Everybody just thinks I'm a hater. That is blasphemous. And, and, and you know what's that reminiscent of? That was, you know, MVP Steph season. Oh, right? here we go. He was getting here we go. Game. All right, y'all. It's been a he great episode. Fourth quarter. But at, when it boils down, like, that's what we're here for is the yeah. basketball ball. Y'all like that new intro? <laughs> what y'all think? That's courtesy of Mr. Eddie Sun right there. Hell of a job with that, man. That was that was insane. That was insane. The first time you sent that to me, I was like, bro, I was so excited. Like, that, that was crazy, man. You did that. The producer, producer and commentator. Hey, man. We love versatile journalists out here. How we doing today, Julio? We doing good. We doing good. Getting in the swing of things. We're in full school mode. Uh, Tuesday is like one of my worst days, so kind of tired out here. Hate to see that, man. Hate to see that. We are back in school. A new school year. A new NBA playoffs, which we'll get to. A new apartment, which Eddie and I are currently sitting in. We just moved into a new place this past week, man. Bit of a struggle to say the least, a little bit. Some hitches there, no Wi-Fi, no electricity for a little bit. But it's new, it's exciting. I'm here for it, man. Eddie, how you feeling about the new spot? Feeling great, the space looks nice. We have some room to record and all of that. Um, obviously, some hoops to jump through a little bit, no pun intended, <laughs> for, the first, for the first few days. I mean, obviously, you know, Reagan, you have a funny story about all of that. Oh my gosh, bro. <laughs> So I got a bed, right? And first of all, what you guys, and I'm sure people who listen to this can kind of get this from me. I have a childlike energy about me. I wouldn't call it childish, but I, I, I keep in my inner child, no Michael Jackson stuff, but I, I oh tap into God. that. <laughs> we started with that. Yeah, that's the energy we on today. But I, I stay in touch with my inner child. So my bed, it lifts off the ground. It's not a bunk bed because there's not two beds, but it's elevated off of the ground. You have to climb up a ladder to it. I very much like it. But the thing with the bed, I couldn't put that thing together myself. So we had to hire people. I forget which, you know, I probably shouldn't be slandering any companies on here anyway. But um, we had to hire people to come and construct the thing for us. Right, Julio? Eddie you did here. not. You did not. The bed did not collapse. The bed did not it collapse. Collapsed? Not oh, yet. Oh. <laughs> Not yet. Give that time. Give me about a week. We'll see where that goes. But um, So they had to come in. But mind you, when we first moved here, no electricity. No electricity. I'm not going to give up our, our address, but there is a phrase and then place, right? But there's also a place of the same address but street. So it's like such and such place and such and such street. 
they had the impression that they were coming to such or they were providing electricity to such and such street. So we didn't get electricity for like the first three days, man. So when the people came with the bed, they're coming at like nighttime, right? They gave me a window of one to seven. I'm like, cool, we'll have some daylight. But they ended up shifting that from seven to 10. So they're in here like 830 at night in the straight dark, in the dark trying to construct this bed. We have like flashlights going for them. And they're, they're, to their credit, they like put that thing together quick. But it was just hectic, man. I pulled up in here. I wasn't sure about it. You know, this is the first time I'm really like leasing anything on my own. So I was nervous, but I think we're cool now. I think we're cool. I have my, my elevated bed. I have the highest point in the house because we're on the third floor and I have the highest bed. So I reign king as always. But that's my story. Yeah, Julio, you we were not living entertained like, by that at all. We were living like we were living like peasants for a couple of days, but hey, at least the power is back now, so that's all cool. Bro, we were bumming Wi-Fi from our neighbors. Like, oh, <laughs> had to go charge our our phones outside. At a Starbucks. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude, it was it was all bad, but we're all good right now. Um, and you know let's what talk else? About, let's talk about the podcast. Let's talk about it, man, because that is also all good. And all new. We're talking about new stuff in the spirit of this newness. The podcast, we're coming out with some new stuff. The first of which, a new graphic. Now, who, who we got to hype up for the graphic? Okay. Man always wants credit. I was going to say but, Cam New or uh, Cam. Oh, yeah. I was going to say yeah, Cam, see, too. Yeah, see? He was already right. coming for me, right? Talking about he always wants his credit. I'm going to shout out my friend. Cameron Walcott, that man, you know, he did he did a um, graphic design on his iPad. Looks really good. It has all of our faces. Eddie has an issue with his widow peak, widow's peak, I believe, which is kind of non-existent. But I digress there. I I see it. I no, it's not a widow's peak. It's not a widow's peak. But it's like a, I don't know. Your your hairline goes like this, and then it goes like that. A tiny. See, you see it. Yeah, you see huh. it? Maybe, maybe it's a point. I told you. Mm. I told you. Mm. How about I swear that? my lines are straight though. See, Cam, anyways, Cam saw that. Cam saw that. He he's the artist, man. The artist is never wrong. But I did write the words on the thing, so I guess I get some credit for that. But yeah, new graphic, a new show schedule. We're gonna start going from instead of one longer episode once a week, we're gonna have two shorter episodes. This is not gonna be one of those shorter episodes because kind of. We need to explain some things, but we're about to go Tuesdays and Fridays, 30-minute range episodes, um, just to try to keep up with the pace of the NBA a little bit better, uh, give you guys a little more of a condensed product, try to make mix things up a little bit, man. We've been at this for a while, shaking things up. I, I'm, I'm here for it. Yep, and then before we get started talking about basketball, uh, a big... Um uh, a big thank you to Spotify for putting us in the refresh finds list right on the homepage that of their podcasts. Um, it's good, uh, good on Spotify for giving us that recognition. Um, thanks for all the new listeners who tuned into last week's, or I guess it was two weeks ago's episode. Um, we hope the support keeps coming through. Yeah, no doubt, man. Uh, I'm not going to delve into the matters of how many listens we get per episode, but after being featured on that list, we had probably around five times more listeners on that specific episode so that was definitely a big boost we're not on there anymore unfortunately they only, i think they update that like once a week or so but yeah. that was definitely a huge boost so those of you who are new here welcome we're glad to have you let's talk some basketball man let's get into it um newness playoffs lebron 
Not good today. Let's talk about it, man. He frustrated me so much. <laughs> Hater Julio. I'm going to sound just like I sounded on opening night against the Clippers. Just be aggressive. I know you want to get your teammates involved. I know you had 10 assists at halftime. I don't care. Be aggressive. Stop trying to get your teammates, you know, Kyle Kuzma going. When you see Dame and CJ going, just go. Like, like I, I, need, I need LeBron to be getting what C, uh, uh, Dame had at halftime. Dame had, what, 23? 23 points at halftime? That's, that's what LeBron needs to be doing. And then late in the game, he just – I don't know what it is about LeBron. I said it earlier. He kind of looks slow to me. Uh, I don't know what you guys have seen. but And then here's my other issue. This is probably even a bigger issue because I feel like LeBron can turn it up at, at any time. But Anthony Davis, what do I repeatedly say about him and Joel Embiid? Get your butt on the block. I don't want to see you on the three-point line. It actually pisses me off. Some games you might, you know, have it, and that's all good, good, and, you know, I love seeing it, but stop. Just get your butt in the paint. They can't guard you, and just attack. That's the only guy I feel like I'm okay with letting, you know, LeBron defer to, especially at the beginning of the game. But other than that, just both of them need to be aggressive, down low, attacking. And LeBron's over here taking, you know, game shots and step shots. Stop. I mean, stop. you know what uh, You know what the bronze stands are going to say, right? I mean, he got 23 points, 17 boards, 16 assists. That's a pretty line, but, I mean, for anyone who watched the game, it was evident that he was really lacking that aggression. I mean, yes. he was kind of, I mean, I don't know, like aimlessly kind of roaming around the floor. Like, there, there were so many opportunities for him to drive the basket, and it almost seemed like he wasn't trying to, you know, go into contact, make any tough finishes at all. I mean, part of it, you have to wonder whether he's trying to preserve you know, his body for, like, a longer playoff run. But yeah. at the same I'm time... I'm done. I'm done with that. Because that's what they said about the regular season games, too. I'm tired of it. I like that. That's what they said. The LeBron's just trying to get his teammates involved. He's trying to get them ready. He's conserving his energy. Here we are now. And what did I say? Just be... Just what did be, I say? Just go, just go ham four straight games and eliminate them. Y'all, I mean, y'all, 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 I mean, I said this on Twitter and I said this to y'all and y'all was coming at me. Hey, no. the Blazers, man, they're not going away. The Lakers have not looked good. There's a strong chance that that Blazers team is going to give that Lakers team a push. And y'all called me crazy for it. Uh -huh. But here we are no, now, no. game one, I'm down 1-0. One I'm still calling you crazy because the Lakers aren't playing the way that, you know, they need to be playing. Exactly, they play the Julio. They exactly. They weren't playing the way they need to be playing before. And I'm the only thing I can judge, like, that was the way they were playing before the break. That was months ago. The only thing I have to go off of is how they're playing during the regular, the eight games prior to the playoffs. And they looked lackadaisical. They looked complacent. They did not look like the team that we thought was going to go win a championship. They did not look like that at all. Meanwhile, the Blazers were hungry. Damian Lillard was going for dude's throats. And now look what happened. Damian Lillard had, what, 34 tonight? LeBron had 23, and, and the whole team looked lackadaisical. It's the same and, story. And what makes me upset is that, you know, at one point we were up, I think, 84 to 78. Mm -hmm. that's when you put your foot on their neck and just completely, you know, get that lead to 15 or, or 12 to 15 points. That's when LeBron needs to attack, attack, attack. Stop deferring. I, I'm tired of, you know, LeBron always makes the right basketball play. Kobe did this. MJ would do this. Just attack. Just that's you're the best player. You, you know, you're the best player. Just attack. Use your body. Mm -hmm. and, and your point about AD too. 
Um, and I know Anthony Davis is a power forward, you know, allegedly he doesn't want to play center, but they're running him way too many minutes with um, Dwight Howard and JaVale. Yep. And, and, you know, like when you, yeah. put, when you put them out there, then you have the problems with spacing, you know, then you have to make Anthony Davis play on the perimeter. And it's clear that, you know, he's clearly more effective in the post, but it, you know, you wonder whether this is Anthony Davis saying he doesn't want to bang around down there. Honestly, as, I I, you know? I have, a I guess, not a counter opinion to that, but I think you play AD at the five and then you let him do what he does best, right? Because if he wants to play on the perimeter, let him do it against the slowest dude on the court in, in use of Nurkic, right? I, I don't think AD's willing to go down there and bang. That's a strong dude in Nurkic. I'm not sure I want him to go down there and bang around with Nurkic. You take Nurkic's ass on the perimeter and but, you run around him. Simple. But well, it's, e- it's e- not, even that, sorry, e- even that though, like AD is a good to great three point shooter for a big man. He's not a good to great three point shooter, period. So some nights he's going to have it. And I don't want to say most nights, but a lot of nights, he, you know, he's going to be average from the three point line. So I don't, bro, like, I don't want him shooting, I, I don't know how many threes he shot, but I don't want him shooting that many threes. Stop shooting all these threes. And get just get in the paint. It's so simple. It is so simple. He's so good down there. Just get in the paint. Just get in the paint. He took five threes. He was 0 for five. So clearly not effective. A minus 20 on the game. Um, but I mean, I know plus minus can be a flawed stat. But when they ran Marquise Morris out there at the four and AD at the five, um, they were a plus. Or Marquise Morris at least was a plus 12 on that lineup. At least was really effective. Run him out there with any you know of the traditional centers, Javale and Dwight wasn't as effective and it's not really even about you know how effective is anthony davis you know on the perimeter as compared to the post it's just that when you have a player like markeith at the floor who's like a stretch big it just creates a lot more space and allows the offense to operate with so much more effectiveness that i'm just surprised that you know i, I mean honestly i'd be surprised if they're not starting markeith at the floor for game two because that's clearly the adjustment that needs to be made but the 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 they didn't, or Frank Vogel didn't do the rotations like I, I'm used to seeing him, you know, sub in and sub out, you know, before the pandemic. Before the pandemic, you know, Dwight and JaVale would go at, like, would go ham and would go hard for a cool, like, three, four, five minutes. They'd get subbed out. they put AD at the five. LeBron would get subbed out in, like, five more minutes, and then AD takes over. Now, to your point, Eddie, they're leaving JaVale and Dwight in for an extended period of time when it just should be, you know, what it was before the pandemic, you know, three to five minutes, just go ham, you know, go, uh, go get shot blocks and, and good rebounds and then sub them out quickly. They are leaving them on the floor for too long. All right, man, I want to talk about Braun again. And I know we kind of went into this in Julio. You obviously feel like he's not being aggressive enough. I'll pose the question, and it's frankly a scary question to ask, both as a Lakers fan as a fan and appreciator of who LeBron is as a basketball player and as a guy who likes to watch great basketball in general. But I got to ask it, man, is this the this, this step back that, that we've, you know, time inevitably will bring? Or is LeBron, does he still have that, that extra gear in him? I think he still has the extra gear in him, but not for, you know, the whole playoff run. You know, I, I don't think he can go 100 for the whole playoff run. But he can still definitely bring it out, you know, in elimination games. And, and I know it's dangerous territory, but he definitely has that gear in my opinion. What do you think, Eddie? I mean, to me, it's pretty evident because if he was out here, 
you know, getting 23 points on nine of 20 shooting and he was like playing hard and struggling, then it's like, uh-oh, you know, has father time finally come for Braun? But he's just out on the court lingering around. I mean, Gary Trent was guarding him for most of the game, like Mario Hazonia. If he wanted to drop like 75 points, he really could have. And I'm not but even like exaggerating. My, my- my my retort back to you would be, you know, his shots by nature are quote unquote super efficient and I don't want to say easy, but you know, easy for lack of a better term, easy by nature. I mean, not real. Uh, the shots he took today weren't because he was, you know, settling. It was a shot instead of going to the. I mean, he had a. Wh- how tall was Gary Trent? Like six three. I mean, come on now. He and I know he's a good on ball defender, but every time I saw him on LeBron, it's like, oh my god. Just, you know, just ran through him. Just... And, and, and and this is exactly what I was talking about before the series, that especially with Trevor Ariza not playing for Portland, they have no defender to put on Braun. So really, the ball is in Braun's hands, again, no pun intended, to really just dominate the series if he wants to. This is his series to shine. And, I mean, if the Lakers are going to win in five now, I mean, he's going to have to step up. All right. I told you guys before, I think that they're getting two off. I still stick to that. Am I wrong? I'm, I'm still going to say Lakers in five. But the one thing that should be concerned, because we know that LeBron and AD can play better, but the question about the Lakers this entire season was about the shooting. And today they went five of 32 from three. You know, their main players, five? Danny Green, two for eight. Yeah, they're, they're zero for five. Kuzma, one for five. I mean, they shot 15% from three. And I know, like, that's not going to happen nightly. But again, the shooting's always going to be a question. Weren't they, like, two for 18 at, at halftime? I mean, Terrible. they were better in the second half either. Terrible. Terrible. I'm wondering, because we saw a lot in the, um, in the games leading up to the playoffs, guys like J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters getting minutes. They didn't get any. I think Dion got, like, what, one minute? And J.R. didn't play at all. Do we need to take a look at, you know, maybe incorporating those dudes in the lineup next time? At least Dion. I like the way Dion was playing before um before the playoffs. Well, the question is when when Portland staggers Dame and CJ's minutes so well, do you really want one of them out there having to, you know, trail around Dame or CJ like that? I mean, you can you can use a guy like, you know, say Alex Caruso and if it's staggered then only one of them's on the court then they don't have to chase the other one or chase the dude around right Alex Caruso chases Dame down and then by nature you know the playoff rotation does you know shrink and you know you start going to like an eight nine man rotation um I mean usually you shrink the rotation in the playoffs though it, it would make sense if Frank Vogel started playing around with that a little bit all right man I'm concerned I am concerned as a Lakers fan, and I hate to toot my own horn on this because it's a team that I like, but that no, Blazers team is no, not no. going. We're still going to win this series. What I'm concerned about is, uh, you know, facing the Clippers. Because if we perform like we're, we're getting swept against a good team, and not to say, you know, the Trailblazers aren't a good team, but they're just not to that caliber, and you know, enough to beat us. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Lakers weren't the only one seed to lose today. What do we think of that Milwaukee versus Orlando game? I want your thoughts, Eddie. I'm curious. Well, I mean, before before I give my opinion, just a funny stat. This is the first time since 2003 that the two one seeds both lose their first game against the eight seed. Hmm. Um, I, I kind of feel the same way about Milwaukee that I do about the Lakers. That I mean, they're still going to come through and you know probably win it in five. Um, 
And I know there's been kind of some memes on Twitter about, you know, the round one game one magic because, you know, they beat Toronto last year as well. Um, that being said, I, I do want to point out Nikola Vucevic because because he plays in Orlando and Orlando's always a mediocre team. No one really pays attention to him, but like he's such a good player. And especially against a team like Milwaukee, where their interior defense is predicated on trailing and contesting like um, drives at the rim. Um, especially with like Giannis and Brooks kind of like stature, like they're, they're you know, they're kind of like thin hit. They can get moved around a bit. And Nikola Vucevic kind of had, had his way around the post and, you know, like had his way on the interior when he went to those kind of like skilled moves. So that's like a really interesting matchup to watch. But other than that, it's really about Milwaukee still not playing Giannis and Chris enough minutes. I mean, they were barely playing 30 minutes. And then the shooting, you know, it's like you just don't really anticipate that they're going to shoot 30%, you know, for the rest of the series. At some point, it'll tick up. Now, you brought, up, yeah. you, you brought up the name, man, but I want to take a little bit of a deeper dive into it. Chris Middleton did not look good today. And that's just one game, but I have my concerns, right? You guys know that I'm not sure whether or not Chris Middleton is capable of being that secondary oh, star. You, you know my thoughts. I know, I know your thoughts, Julio. I want to hear Eddie because Eddie is the Chris Middleton ultimate caper. He's definitely Thought, not. Thoughts on not the game today, two. man. He, he, did, he, didn't, he didn't look great. I mean, he didn't, but neither did most, you know, a lot of the Milwaukee team. So, again, one game, I won't overreact like you are with the Lakers. You know, I'm just going to relax. Who's overreacting? I, I reacted before it happened, man. I told y'all this was going to happen. Blazers were I'm, I'm not going to get back into it. Blazers were hungry. Lakers were complacent, straight like that. I don't think that's the case with this game. Um, it really seems a little bit more fluky than anything. Like you were saying, Eddie, the shot just wasn't falling. Um but I do have my concerns about some of those, even even outside of Chris Middleton. A lot of those players are known for, uh, you know, coming up small come playoff time, especially Eric Bledsoe. So I, I do and, have my and, concerns. And that's my thing. You know, at least, you know, when you have a duo or, or a trio, if one guy doesn't have it, the other two will have. Or if two guys don't have it, one will have it. And my concern with Milwaukee is always, you know, when the game slows down, and obviously this, I don't want to say it's a meaningless game for them, but obviously it's not as important as a second round or third round matchup. But let's say Giannis can't get it going from the perimeter. And I know what what he had, like 34 points today. So it's not like he played, yeah, like he played terribly. But um, he can't get it going from the perimeter. And if you don't have Chris Middleton, you know, if he's not going well, who do you defer to? Uh, again, they're... Offense is so centered around Giannis that if you neutralize him, you neutralize the entire offense because their offense is not diverse enough. Mm. That's true, and 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 that to me is really just a testament to Coach Bud's like stubbornness. That even though you have skilled players like Bledsoe and skilled players like Chris, that you can work actions for them to you know get them opportunities to score. They pretty much, outside of the rare Chris Giannis pick and roll, they almost like never create those plays for them. And I mean, as good of a coach uh, Budenholzer is in establishing that system that allowed Milwaukee to take this next step, it is frustrating to see just how repetitive and like how uncreative that offense does get sometimes. And to your point, Julio, like you're not wrong. If you neutralize Giannis and they're not going to make adjustments, it's going to be tough for them. Um, I do want to point out something with you know Milwaukee's defense because um, it, it's always been made out you know people pay attention to how 
Milwaukee always plays that drop defense and tries to filter, you know, pick and rolls into that mid-range or at the rim. But what it does open up is a three-point shot, and you allow a team like Orlando, who has, like, very little perimeter shooting, to take 41 threes and make 16 of them. And you have a guy like Gary Clark, who was, like, a G-leaguer for most of this year, to go four for 12 from three. So that's what happens with Milwaukee, is that you allow teams to shoot the three, and it becomes a very high-variance type of scoring. Because, you know, if teams start making those threes, it's hard to make up that differential. So that's what Milwaukee does. Like, it worked for them the regular season, but if something goes crazy in the playoff series, then they're done. And if I'm a Bucks fan, uh, it's not that I'm going to get upset at Giannis for shooting threes, but it just it doesn't look good at all. It doesn't look natural. It looks like it's forced. It looks like, hey, I'm tired. They look like they're stacking the paint, so I'm going to just shoot a three. And it looks ugly as hell. And, and bro hit the backboard. Just the <laughs> backboard on one of the shots. His sh- <laughs> and I'm not trying to crap on Giannis, but it's just it's just incredible. It's incredible how 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 much he depends on just driving and dunking or driving and, and kicking out to his teammates. They they really don't get enough actions with Giannis on the move to the rim like it's almost like he always has to yeah at himself and, unless it's in transition which is why he's unstoppable in transition but there's just and, i mean again they just don't run enough actions like and to, and to your point about creativity and to your point about eric bledsoe eric bledsoe is not a bad passer you know w- w- you don't have to run a pick and roll with just chris middleton and, and uh and Giannis. you can run one with you know Giannis as a screener and you know eric bledsoe coming off of a, a screen it doesn't have to be just, you know, Giannis and Chris Middleton with, with Brooke Lopez and DiVincenzo and, and all these guys. It, you know, mix it up a bit. I, I, I see your point there. And that's the downfall of many a great coach, man. And, and there's so many dudes that we can point it out to in really every sport. That's like you had one hell of a system, but you lived and died by that system. And because of that, that was your pitfall. Um, and, see, and see, this is really funny because when we talk about coaching extremes, I mean, we saw this with Steve Kerr on the other side of the extreme where he was so invested in his idea of the motion offense that when, you know, when, when the best option ended up being a Steph dream on pick and roll, and we saw this in 2016, he kept on going to like weird like Azili actions in the poster, you know, entry passes and things like that, when you could have just run pick and roll over and over again and allow that to just, you know, take over. But then you see it with this other side in Coach Bud where it's essentially just, you know, right, stack the perimeter, Giannis at the top of the key, and then, you know, figure out something and, and that's what happens just over and over and over again that you know there just has to be more diversity to offenses otherwise the defense just knows what's coming and you know that that, that just makes defending so much easier and, and Giannis uh, I'm sorry <laughs> I keep coming back to him but when he's at the top of the you know he's at the top of the uh the top of the key all <laughs> he reverts back to this move I'd say like 70 percent of the time the ball's in his right hand he throws it in front, left hand, acts like he's going right, goes to left, and then he's, if he has enough room, he'll go or he'll spin back to his right. It's so, like, it's so predictable. It, it is so predictable. And that's what I don't like about his game and what, you know, what we're talking about, their whole offense, because it's predicated around him. It's funny because, I mean, the now-retired Warriors broadcaster, Jim Barnett, he pointed this out in 2016 before Giannis was, you know, like this crazy superstar, but... He, you know, as, as someone who's not like a naturally trained basketball player, right, he picked it up late, he's going to go to his dominant right hand, you know, as much as he can, 
And if you force him to the left, he's going to spin right shoulder 100% of the time. Yes, because he, he can't finish with his left unless he's dunking the ball. Unless he's dunking mm-hmm. the ball. It's that simple. And obviously, he most of the time, he has you know the advantage because he's so long, he's so strong. But when you block that off, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And it comes full circle because the way you stop that is by what Eddie mentioned at the top when we started talking about this game. is like if you have an anchor like a guy like Marcus Gasol when we saw the Bucks play Toronto last season or a guy like Vucevic this year, when you have an anchor, just a big, strong dude down there that can take that blow from Giannis and still stand 10 toes, um, that, that's, the, that's the easiest way you can get around that. So... They're definitely going to struggle in this Eastern Conference, man. I think that unless, like you guys are saying, they diversify something, try something new, it could be. I mean, the, their talent's going to carry them a long way. I'm not sure if it can carry them the entire way. Let's, let's nope. move on, man. Let's, let's talk about these other playoff games. We saw some really stellar performances from guys like Luka Doncic, Donovan. Let me just ask you guys this. Outside of these two games that we just mentioned uh, with the ones uh, losing to the eighth seed, who had the most impressive performance to you out of all of the other playoff games? Um, I, I guess the first name that comes to mind is Donovan Mitchell, but I think it's because I watched that game more more so than I did uh, the Clippers game and the Mavs game. Mm-hmm. But you know, going back and seeing the stats and watching some of the highlights, Luca was Luca was insane. He was carrying that team, and you know, you can say so was Donovan Mitchell, but. My issue with Donovan Mitchell going forward is that I just don't think that's, you know, repeatable throughout every single game of the season or uh, of the series because that's what it's going to take. 58 points or 57 points every single game to be, you know, competitive with the Nuggets. And he just can't do that, in my opinion. I mean, on the flip side of that matchup, I do want to shout out Jamal Murray because he really had an incredible game one, you know, especially late in game where he was just, you know, pulling out whatever tricks he had in his bag and, you know, draining all sorts of shots. I mean, he was really amazing. And, and this is the Nuggets without, you know, a healthy Gary Harris and a healthy Will Barton. Um, I, I know, you know, Julio, you're quick to write off the Nuggets because they don't have that clear-cut superstar, but there's just so many weapons there. And especially if players like Murray can take that next step, they're not going to be an easy out. And, and I mean, I don't, you can't really say that they would be, like, completely – you know, out of the water against like a Lakers or a Clippers team. Do you, I also are, want to shout out. Uh, are they scheduled? Sorry, are they scheduled to come back for the second round? I haven't heard I any think, updates on them. I believe so. I mean, their their injuries. They got those injuries at the beginning. You know, when they were training for the bubble, but they weren't like super serious injuries. Oh. Uh, yeah. But then I also want to shout out Fred Van Vliet as well. Dang it, like, Eddie! Why? Uh, I have to find a whole new one. You, Eddie, Eddie, shouting out Fred Van Vliet. Really? Really? Eddie's always the I mean, one to I, shout out Fred. He, Eddie was mad that Kawhi Leonard won uh, finals MVP over Fred Van Vliet. But I mean, like, after, yeah. after Iguodala won it in 2015, I'm just saying. See, it all goes back sense. to Steph. You see how that works, Julio? New viewers, take notice. It all comes back to Stephen Curry somehow. It's like almost how the Warriors' offense operates, right? Steph is the central hub of everything. That's the same way how um, how Eddie's basketball analysis operates. It's Steph is the central hub. Every 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 opinion stems from the step, the, the the Stephen Curry hub. Not to find a whole new one, man. You took mine. Um, Donovan, we mentioned. Luca, we mentioned. Jason Tatum played pretty well. I don't feel like he was the most impressive to me. Mm, you guys took mine. I mean, just say Paul George, because, I mean, he was pretty impressive. Yeah, he was pretty good. 
Um, like, what if, like, I mean, he looked, he looked like Jen. I just like watching him so much more than Kawhi, even though, like, maybe Kawhi is the consensus I can, better player. I, I can appreciate that point, but he's definitely not. I, I know at the beginning of the season we were having this discussion, but he, he's just not better than Kawhi. And I don't want to say that it's not close, but I don't know. I, I guess I'll shout out Joel Embiid. He had a decent game, even though he kind of got oh a little slick God. with his words, oh like the, you know, twenty six and ten did, wasn't did, enough. Did you guys see what he said? Yeah, you sent it in the group chat. Yeah, I have to carry this team. That you can't say that. You, okay. you can't I mean, say that. you know that's some LeBron's that's saying, that's some LeBron stuff to say though. That that is some like he's basically saying he's basically saying my team. You guys suck. <laughs> you guys suck, and I have to carry you guys. You, I mean. I, I'm not going to hype up their roster like they're the best roster in the NBA. But, you know, how do you think, you know, guys like Tobias Harris feels? That's not what a leader does. Like, you cannot be saying those things, especially after a loss. I mean, okay, to to Joel's credit, how do you think he feels when Tobias goes 6 of 15 from the field with 15 points? You're just going to alienate him more, and then, you know, he's going to perform worse. I suppose. I mean, I've been— I mean, I've been saying this, but the Sixers look like they just all hate each other. I mean, just yeah, you did say that. Their, I mean, just, I mean, they just—they clearly don't like each other because, like, they're just not even looking for Embiid on the entry passes, and he has like Grant Williams on him defending on defense. They—they they have dudes like fifty pounds lighter and five inches shorter than him. There's no reason why he's only taking fourteen shots that game because he's the only way Philly beats Boston. Yes. Yes, yes. That that that's the only way they can get past Boston if he goes Shaq mode on, on the Celtics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here, stop okay. shooting again. Stop shooting threes. And Brett Brown needs to get more creative and just be a better coach overall. And, and Joel and B just has to dominate down low because that's their weakness, obviously. And uh, prayers up to Gordon Hayward. I hope he gets back. Uh, uh, I feel soon. bad for that dude, man. He just he he can't stay off the injury list. Um, I'm looking at these rotations. It really they they only played around seven dudes. They had Cork Mazin for seven minutes and Mike Skyden for two minutes, but the rotation ended up being their starting five plus Matisse Thybul and Alec Burks. It's just not they're 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 running really thin, man. I thought this Shake Milton dude, right? I didn't know a whole lot about him, but people were telling me that he was the truth. Where, where where's he at? I mean. He's a rookie, or maybe he's a second-year player. I forget, but I mean, you're just not going to ask him to give you dependable minutes. That being said, Alec Burks, I mean, he's turned into like a solid piece for them. Yes, um, yes. I, I still think like the the talent that is on you know the Sixers, it's still like commensurate kind of to Boston's, even without Ben Simmons. It's just that you know, like you said, Julio, the coaching and you know just the chemistry issues or whatever it is, it looks like they're about to be a first-round exit, and for a team that people pegged as like a championship favorite that's just honestly embarrassing and i wouldn't be surprised if they you know make major changes and blow something up this offseason yeah brett brown's definitely out of there i I think he's out of there but um i mean they they just they deserve a coach with more creativity he's out of there he's he's gonna be out of there faster than alvin gentry whoa (laughs) tough (laughs) for alvin gentry man that was I know you have some thoughts on that, Eddie. Well, I mean, yeah, it's that. Okay, so you give Alvin Gentry this new roster that's compatible to his offensive style, right? That kind of up-tempo, run-and-gun, run-and-gun, you know, type offense. But then you get a healthy Zion for basically like 10 games. You have dudes hurt left and right. 
you know, a bunch of young players that you know that are going to take time to put it together. And, I mean, all in all, when you saw all those guys healthy, it looked fine, right? Like, New Orleans was a good team. And then you just cut them loose, right? Like, after this one year where you give him the opportunity to uh, kind of prove himself. And, I mean, I know David Griffin's their GM, and David Griffin is a really good GM. He's really smart, really knowledgeable. So, I mean, it, it's just surprising to me because Alvin Gentry is really the perfect coach for the type of kind of scheme that should be run around a bunch of young athletic dudes like the Pelicans have. So maybe there's just something there that's going on that, you know, we the public don't know about. I but will in say, terms man. Of, right, an offensive fit, it, th- there's really no reason why he was like, oh, like that. Whether it's NFL or NBA or what have you, there is a distinct pattern of you know, black coaches getting cut loose a lot before that. I, I feel like at least that they deserve to. I mean, you just brought it up with Alvin Gentry. Dude didn't even really get to use Zion like that. He, he didn't even have that tool at his disposal for the, the majority of the season. When he did come back, he was always on restricted minutes. He never got to use him like, you know, a coach would have liked to use him. Um, people had this idea with Mark Jackson uh, that – the, he had all of these. He, he built this this Warriors roster, right? And then Steve Kerr just swooped in and, and took all the uh, rewards for it. I know you kind of disagree with that sentiment, Eddie. You've explained to me how Steve Kerr came in and implemented a different offensive system, but you know that same sentiment. I feel like we're about to witness that with the Pelicans, man, because they have so much young talent, and the coach that comes and inherits that, shoot, like uh, I'm not gonna say I might be able to go down there and coach him, but. You know, it's definitely a bit easier to coach them than some other rosters around the NBA, man. Like, it's Zion, it's Brandon Ingram. You have so much talent down there. Yeah, I feel like, you know, I agree with you. He did not get a, a just opportunity there. But, you know, he's definitely a good coach. We'll, we'll see what happens with him there. Uh, oh, news, ju- news just broke. A, a, a um, body cam footage was released of the Masai Ujiri uh, incident with the police officer. Oh, yeah. Or- at Oracle Arena, yeah, and from uh, last year's finals. Yeah, the the police officer filed for those who don't know filed a lawsuit against Ujiri, saying that he assaulted the police officer. Mm-hmm. When this <laughs> this footage shows the opposite. It's the amazing opposite. how that body cam footage always just sneaks. Or, like no one ever finds that. The, the body cam, like they're they're all required to wear that thing exactly. on their chest. It's like okay, as soon as an incident pops off, my first question is, where's the body cam? We can literally observe what happened. But they always it takes so long to find the thing, man. You know it's something messed up, man. They can't you can't even get the body cam footage. It should be like that. It should be, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. But let me get off my soapbox. You know I have to talk about all those the. the social justice issues and the issues facing black communities all day but let's move on man because it's time that we put out our picks and i'll i'll be frank with y'all i still don't know who i'm picking to win these finals seeing both of the eighth seeds drop today definitely made it a little bit harder so i don't know who i'm picking yet but I mean, we're gonna, gonna run through these playoffs in what 20 minutes before we're yeah. done with this episode yeah, yeah. so we we're gonna finish the episode talking about you know these four teams might win the championship. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna exactly. um, definitely gonna have to make some quick decisions here. So let's go ahead and run through this first round, and then we'll kind of just freestyle it from there. What we think is gonna happen throughout these playoffs. So we all want to start in the east or the west. Let's start in the west, man. We all in the west. We all we're all in California now. Um, first round, Lakers versus Trailblazers. Who wins? I already okay. said Lakers in five. At this point, five. 
Lakers in six. I'm telling you, they're getting another game off. They're getting another game. But the Lakers are winning. They're winning, but you're going to have to exhaust a lot more energy than you would have wanted to. I I agree. I agree. Um, The Lakers. Two, Clippers, Mavericks. I think we all agree, Clippers. Clippers. Let's see. Three is the Nuggets versus the... um, Crap. Nuggets versus... Utah Jazz. Yeah, my fault. The Jazz. Nuggets. Easy. Yeah, I feel bad. I mean, obviously, congratulations to Mike Conley. He went and, you know, had a son. But, uh, you know, that, that definitely was a hurt piece that he wasn't available to them that game. But Donovan definitely had a hell, hell of a game. Let's see. Fourth seed, you got the Thunder and playing the... Man, why do I not have these on hand? Uh, Thunder playing Rockets. The, the Rockets. Rockets. Yeah. This so, one's interesting. Th- this one's super, super tough for me because I-, I feel like they were just getting, like, perfectly in sync with, you know, back in sync after, you know, the whole quarantine and pandemic. Uh, within the bubble, they were just getting in sync to where they were before everything happened with Russell Westbrook and James Harden sharing, you know, the carrying the load. But now, since it, you know, it goes back on James Harden's back and shoulders, you know, it's just. And I know they won today. They won by a good margin too, and they were leading for most of the game. But it's just, it's just tough for me, you know, to to believe that you know he he's not going to exhaust himself. And maybe I'll be wrong because. You know, he, we have, or they had the, you know, five month break and, you know, now, now he'll be good, but I don't know, man. I don't know, man. I'm still feeling the thunder. I'm still feeling the thunder on this, even after this game one loss. So you got OKC in seven? OKC in seven. The only issue is that, and I know Chris Paul, you know, has been one of the most clutch players in the NBA this year, but obviously we all know who the best player in the series is and, and it's, Frankly, it's not even close. So um, maybe that might be the deciding factor because uh, I, I, I think OKC is a weak enough opponent for James Harden to carry his team past them. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I'll stick to OKC in seven. Mm. Well, I'll say this. It's funny because I, without Westbrook, I was giving OKC a better shot. But what I saw from today's game, and I know it's too bad that we're doing these predictions after we have a game in the books to you know go from, but especially with Eric Gordon, you know, like healing from the injury and now he's actually fresh for the playoffs. He looked really good this game, you know, giving 21 points. Um, and then same with Jeff Green, who's been really effective for Houston as their center, really, as, you know, <laughs> as playing center, giving you 20, uh, 22 points. Um, I mean, the, the weaponry the Rockets have is just hard to match for OKC, who's solid. Yeah. Right? They have CP3, they have Gallinari, Shy. But then with Schroeder, who missed so much time in the bubble, right, having the quarantine, you know, dealing with injuries, I think something like that, you know, he was kind of ineffective today, not not great numbers. Um, again, the talent will win through in this case, and it'll probably be Houston in either five or six, probably. It's interesting to me that between Harden and Eric Gordon, the two put up damn near 43s today. That's just wild. Um and I do want to know, y'all know that I'm just not a fan of James Harden's game. I recognize the fact that he's one of the greatest scorers, if not the greatest scorer to ever step on a basketball court, but it's just frustrating for me to watch. But I have gained a greater appreciation for it because recently they started putting out like these slow-mo picks of Harden, like really slow-mo. They usually tag it like basketball's art, something like that. And it's just watching everything he does just in really, really slow motion. It's like, damn. Like, he'll go in between the legs five times and then burst. That first step is so quick. So, I will give him his props. I do think he's ultimately the, the key to carrying the Rockets through this series. Um, 
I'll agree with you, Julio. I think it's going to go to seven games because the Thunder, we know that in clutch games, those dudes come up nine times out of ten. Yeah. They've been the most clutch the, game in the NBA this season. The bad disadvantage or the disadvantage that the Thunder have being in this bubble and not in a regular setting is that, you know, they would have had home court advantage. Yeah. And their home court advantage is, you know, something to, to you know, say yeah. Yeah. I will say I have Houston though. I'm not sure if I made that clear. I think it goes seven, but I'm taking Houston there. Best player on the court. I, I think that uh it, it's hard to count hard now, especially in the yeah. first round, man. It's hard. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the East. We got one versus eight, Milwaukee versus Magic. Anyone picking the upset after what we saw today? No, no. No? Are we sure? Are we sure though? Are we sure? I'm Unless you want to go on your whole like this. Jonathan, honestly though, between Jonathan Isaac and, and uh, Vucevic, that's like pretty ideal to defend Giannis. If they would have had him, at least I think Giannis would have struggled this series or struggled as much as you can make Giannis struggle. Um, keeping it pushing, two versus seven, Raptors versus Nets. That's a sweep. Are we sure the Nets? Jamal Crawford, is his hamstring better yet? <laughs> is, is Grandpa Crawford coming back on the court? Did he even play? I wonder if he played. Nope. Still icing it. He'll be back soon, right? <laughs> He'll be back soon, right, man? This man really just caping for Jamal Crawford to the Lakers. Where would we be right now? Hell yeah. <laughs> I can tell by the look in your face you're just capping. I still want him. I still want him. Oh, my god! I prefer him over Deion Waiters. Hey, man, neither one of them we would be playing, apparently. Deion got, what, one minute? So it really didn't matter in the end. Three versus six. Celtics versus 76ers. Who we got? Celts. Got Celts. I think it's still going to go six, though, unless Philly just totally crashes and burns, which isn't I, yeah. out of the realm I, of possibility at all. I, I think it's five. Yeah, I, I agree. Five. Celtics and five in my eyes. Um... And now four versus five. Uh, that's Pacers Heat. Yes, Pacers Heat. Yes, that's my favorite team in the East, Miami. I, I said in six, I think, in my video. Uh, yeah, Heat in six. I'd give them a two in five, honestly. I think that. It, oh, I might have said five. Yeah, yeah I, I think I'm right. taking five. That, that Pacers team is good, but there's just no single player that can take them over the top right now, especially with Oladipo yeah. on the eye injury. Um, Brogdon's good. He's solid. Sabonis is solid. Turner's solid. They have a bunch of solid players, but no one's really taking them over the hump right now. Okay, so before I give my pick, interesting stat. So, you know what I said about what happens when teams can lock in on defense and key in on Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero Mm -hmm. and their off-ball actions in the playoffs? So, combined from three, they went three of 13 today, and that's two of the best shooters in the league in Hero and Robinson. Great Miami still. I'm saying they still pulled out the game, but uh-huh. the number one um, offensive plan essentially set that they run Miami, which is all of the dribble handoff actions that they do with Hero and Robinson, is not going to work in these playoffs when defenses are really focused in. And honestly, I think Miami only won this game because Oladipo looked really explosive to begin, and he had to exit. You know, in the first quarter when, you know, someone, you know, he got poked in the eye or something, they didn't come back the rest of the game. Otherwise, I think Indiana can really go toe-to-toe this series. And I will go out on a limb and say Indiana's taking this in seven. As long as Oladipo is fine and nothing, you know, wrong with him. 
I, 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 will, I will say this. If everybody was fully, you know, healthy, that's including Jeremy Lamb and, uh, you know, with the emergence of TJ Warren, and if I'm including Oladipo in this group, even though he's, you know, 100% physically, you know, healthy, I, don't, I just don't think he can perform to the level, you know, when he was actually before the whole injury. I don't think that that's going to happen until next year. So that's the only way I see them being competitive uh, against Miami. I mean, what you got from this game, this game one on this series, is a great Jimmy Butler game, which, I mean, of course, right, Jimmy but- playoff Jimmy Butler, he's going to do good things. But then outside of that, you know, you got really good contributions from Drogic, you know, filling in for Kendrick Nunn. But then, you know, the depth really starts to drop off, especially when Iguodala hasn't looked effective at all. Uh, you know, once he put on that Miami jersey, Jay Crowder was okay, but you still have questions about, you know, how well can he shoot the ball? What can he give on offense? Again, I was talking about Tyler and Duncan not being great. Bam had a good game, but then, again, what you're looking at, Kelly Olynyk, Derek Jones, just there's not well, a lot to offer for Miami if I, their I, sets I, are not working. I don't know if there's a drop-off. I think you got a bunch of, you know, B-plus bench players on your team, and that's something to say for. Because, you know, you deal with an injury, you know, Derek Jones Jr., you know, hurt his neck. You never know when those injuries happen. You never know. If one guy has it going, one guy doesn't. You know, there's a lot of plug-and-play guys, and that's just something to say for in the playoffs. I want, I want to ask you this, Eddie, because when we talked about Milwaukee, right, we said, okay, that's an off game. They couldn't shoot that day. What's the difference between that and Miami? Well, I mean, Milwaukee has the weapon to end all weapons. You know, like Giannis is in this for, for you know, Analogy. Well, I, I understand Giannis is different, right? But what's the, what's the difference bomb. between the people around Giannis having a bad shooting day versus the people around, say, Jimmy Butler having a bad shooting day? Oh, I mean, I'll say that it's easy to game plan into Milwaukee's offense when it's so predictable. My point is just the talent differential. And again, talent beats out anything in the NBA 99 times out of 100. So when you got guys that are as talented as Giannis and Chris are, it's just, it's just hard to beat them, even though it's possible. With Miami, I'm just not sold on their talent. They just run such a well-coached system with Coach Spo, and that's, you know, all credit to them. But after a while, you know, it, it comes down to the improvisational nature of the game. It comes down to essentially Jimmy Butler getting your bucket, which he did today. But, you know, you start looking at the pieces around him, and if guys like Iguodala and Crowder are not performing up to their value or they taking a step back that's threes. not that's not who you who i need to score if i'm miami though my, my first option is obviously jimmy my second option you know on ball from the perimeter is goran Dragic. and to say that he's not you know a suitable pick and roll player who can score shoot from three shoot a mid-range and even drive to the basket you got kendrick nunn you got uh duncan robinson from three you got tyler hero and to say that their percentages are going to i know you didn't say that directly but they're going to get better from, from, from three. So they have a lot of pieces who can go, you know, get a bucket. I, I don't know how you feel about Kendrick Nunn, but Kendrick Nunn can be that guy. That's right. He didn't even play today. Um, I think, I don't know, I think he cleared quarantine. He, you know, just might not be fit to play it. But, I mean, again, I know we don't like plus minus in here, but if you look at this game's plus minus, Crowder, an even zero. Duncan Robinson, an even zero. Hero was just a plus six. Iguodala, plus three. You know, like, it's really carrying the burnt of the load was Bam with a plus 23, and Drogic, who really played well today with a plus 20. Again, it's like, if Duncan is not making those shots and they guard him closely and they force him inside the three-point line, he's rendered 
essentially ineffective. Well, not ineffective, but basically he cannot impact that game like that on offense. And then you are exploiting him on defense, along with Tyler Hero the whole time. There's just a lot of areas in Miami's roster where, you know, certain strengths can be stopped and certain weaknesses can be exploited when teams really key in on it. And, I mean, I've been saying this, I'll keep saying this, they might make it out this series because it's a close matchup. But, I mean, I'm not taking them past round two. Like, not at all. Hey, man, I remember when we'll I see. told you originally, you said Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, the other teams are going to key in on the three-point shooting and the, their offense is not diverse enough to make that happen. And we talked about Budenholzer and how he's not willing to diversify his offense. Spolster's not that dude. And when you have a guy that's versatile like Jimmy Butler, he's averaging the most assists of his career, I believe. You have a guy who can play on and off ball like Dragic. You have a freaking amazing passer of the ball in Bam Adebayo. You have so many options to diversify your offense. I'm not going to count this team out because, you know, the two white dudes had a bad shooting day. <laughs> like that, that's not, that's, that's not going to be the end-all, be-all for me. I do have faith that those dudes' shots are going to get better. But even if they don't, there's still plenty of options to score the basketball. So Yes, yeah. And, and, you know, we'll, we'll get to that in, in the second round. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on that. All right. So we'll with that, that said, we just finished up. So free reign, man. Let's talk about it. Who will we'll eventually get there, but who makes it out of these? Let's start in the East. Who makes it out? Just break break down your processes for me. So in the second round, Miami's playing the Bucks, And I've been calling it since February, since the All-Star break, that if they play, because, you know, it's weird that the seedings have <laughs> – remained the same and in the west it's you know it seemed like every day the seedings were changing but in the east they've remained relatively the same uh so i've been calling it since, since all-star break if miami plays the bucks miami's gonna win that that series because i i think you have a lot of guys uh maybe not to the extent that toronto had but you have guys who can play the wall and i know uh eddie's retort back to that is that if you have those guys on the floor and, and that's Jimmy Julio, Butler. you stay doing that to Eddie, bro. You be taking the words out of his mouth. Because <laughs> I'm and Eddie. I know what you're gonna say, bro. And, 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 you know, and, and that's that's Jimmy, Adebayo, that's uh, Jay Crowder, Iguodala. If you have those guys on the floor, then where's your scoring come from? My thing is, you know, it, it's just what Reagan, you know, alluded to: uh, diversity on offense. So when I look at the Bucks, just like I, I uh, said earlier. Their offense is so lopsided, you know, centered and catered around Giannis that if you just neutralize him, you know, you neutralize the entire offense. You don't really have guys who, like Bradley Beal, Spencer Dinwiddie, to really, you know, get you a bucket. You might say that's Chris Middleton, but as a lot of people know or the people around me know, uh, I don't trust Chris Middleton at all. And, you know, that that's, you know, directly – contrarian to Eddie because I know he's one of your favorite players um and, and then here's the other thing I know Giannis is better than Jimmy Butler I, I'm I'm not dumb he's the MVP he's better uh, I'd rather build my franchise around him whatever but who would you rather have last two minutes of a game last three minutes of a game who would you rather have I'd clearly far and away I'd rather have Jimmy Butler and I'm not afraid to say it like there's just I, I don't know, and, and a lot of playoff games, you know, the game slows down. You have to be able to create, you know, not only for your teammates but for yourself on the perimeter. They're obviously, you know, what teams do in the playoffs, they're going to try to take away what you do best. You have to try to change upon upon that, and, and I, don't, I just don't think Giannis can do that. So that's my argument, and that's why I have Miami upsetting, upsetting 
the Bucks in the second round going to the conference finals. You're wild. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, I like Miami as a team. And if there's any team that could do it, I think it would be. But if I, like if I had money to put up, man, I'm not betting against that Miami team against that Milwaukee team. They're just too did you good, see man. Ba- did you did you see how Bam was guarding Giannis? Yeah, I mean Bam. I will say Bam is probably the best player in the NBA suited to. So and obviously it's not a one man job, but you know he's the focal point. Just like the the Raptors use Kawhi as the focal point of, of the wall to kind of try to guide Giannis where they wanted him to go. Bam's great for doing that. It's just. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know if I'm willing to go that far. I do think Miami's a dark horse. I, so I'm not saying I disagree with you in the sense that they could do it. I just wouldn't say that they would do it, if that makes sense. I'm not going to go up that far. You, you I'm like halfway out on the branch. You're all the way on the tip, man. Like that branch is going to snap. You're all the way out on the limb, man. I don't know. I, you make a compelling argument, but I, I just do not know. What say you, Eddie? I, I know Eddie's gonna gonna say they're gonna beat uh I, I almost said us, but they're gonna beat Miami in like five five games. Oh, fully wow. on this heat island right there, man. I'm Talk telling you, bro, that. I'm telling you. And and I know they don't they're not like this dynamic scoring offense like the Warriors were you know, you know, Steph and Clay can pop off for like twenty and five seconds. But I, I just think they slow down the game and they make it so gritty and ugly that you know, it, it plays well uh, against Milwaukee. Actually, I mean, I'll just throw this out first because we're talking about who's making it out of the East. I'm going to just put out there that Toronto's going to make it out of the East is how I see it. Mm. And um, whatever the processes that happens there, again, I think Indiana's winning. I mean, no matter whether Indiana or Miami, in that series, Miami-Indiana Miami, series. Um, but whoever wins that series, Milwaukee will beat them. Um, Toronto's going to beat Boston. But then... Why exactly do I think Toronto's making it out of the East? Eventually comes down to the same reason why I think they were so good last year. And it's not Kawhi that, you know, 99% of the people are, you know, talking about how amazing he was. It was just the versatility and the depth and the cohesiveness of that entire team, starting at the top with Coach Nick Nurse, you know, going down to all of the pieces they have from the guards to the bigs. You have a guy in Marc Gasol who, even though he's not nearly what he was in Memphis, he can neutralize Giannis, he can neutralize Joel Embiid, he can neutralize whoever Miami has. He's essentially just so smart that essentially wipes out whatever focal point of the offense any of the other Eastern contenders have. And then you have just, you know, the versatility of swapping out Ibaka and Siaka and then Gasol with the bigs, OG Ananobi, who's just severely underrated as a defender, better than Kawhi was last year for Toronto as a defender. Oh, oh my you know, god. You have, wow. Oh my god. Wow. Stop. I know you said that. Wait, wait, wait. Hear him out. I want to hear him out, though. I want to hear him out. I'll give you that much, Eddie. I want to hear you out. Kawhi, Kawhi was a generational defender when he was with the Spurs when he won the Defensive Player of the Year. But as he's taken on a bigger role, especially last year, I mean, he was an average defender at best because he just oh didn't try that hard god. on that end. He didn't, I mean, it, it's not that hard to see. Even with the Clippers this year, he's just not putting that much effort into that. And because he's carrying the load offensively. This is this is just, you know, a reprioritization of his game, essentially. But again, this is also speaks to, this also speaks to how good OG and Anobi is just on defense. I'm not saying offensively he's anything close. Yeah. But for the role he plays for Toronto and being that perimeter wing defender who can guard anywhere from a guard to, like, a power forward, he's insanely good. And then you have, you know, Lowry and Fred Van Vliet, who's both taken a step up this year. A guy who could have been a sneaky six-man in Norman Powell. 
you know, it's just like, I mean, Rondé House Jefferson, who's an extremely versatile small ball five. It's just, you have so many weapons at Toronto to throw out there. And like half of the names on that roster, most people probably don't even know about, but they're just so good and so well coached. And again, I mean, I see them making it to the finals yeah. two years in a row. So I, I believe that this is a this is a series, and I'm talking about the Celtics versus the Raptors, that I really pull my hair out uh, uh, for. I can't really seem to be decisive on either one. I ultimately choose the Celtics out of default just because uh, I, I just think they have a, a finisher. Um, you know, you know, w- when I look at you know tough playoff matchups, I look at you know mainly two things: can your team play in a uh, you know a, a lot of ways? Can they go in the interior? Can they shoot mid-range? Can, can you know they shoot from three? And I think I think Toronto can do some of those things. And, and you know that talent of an offense, you know it, it's it's you know about a team's depth, but it's also about you know your team's you know a skill set. And I just think the Boston Celtics' skill set, you know, with Jalen Brown uh, and, and Jason Tatum, uh, they are going to miss Gordon Hayward though. That that's just going to carry them. And the second thing I look at who who's your finisher, and Reagan has alluded to this before. Obviously, Pascal Siakam's your best player, but he's not the the score or creator that Jason Tatum is. So that's why I ultimately choose the Boston Celtics. I wouldn't be surprised that the Raptors win it if they do win that series. They definitely are going to the finals. I want to. Does the fact that Gordon Hayward's injured change like that? That didn't change your prediction at all, Julio. Uh, I I did say this in my video that because Boston's depth is so limited and they only go what seven deep, like real, like real seven deep. If one of those important guys gets hurt, I I said this in the video that it all goes out the window, and I feel like the Raptors are going to win. Hope. Believe he's back by that point. They said four weeks, right? Yeah, four weeks. That would push the timeline to like near the end of the second round, though, probably. Dang. Yeah, I I might be leaning Raptors now. My my initial prediction was, you know, everybody healthy, Um, and that's my one trepidation with the Celtics because Mm. they don't have depth. Trepidation. Somebody's been. Going through this, the the sores lately, trepidation. Nah, I I just been watching a lot of first take with uh, Stephen A. The trepidation of the inclination of That's God's blasphemy. creation. It's blasphemy. <laughs> I'm surprised you can stump. Well, I guess first take's probably better now that NBA was back. But it was it was bad when the, well, during the hiatus. It got ugly, man. It got <laughs> ugly. <laughs> Is LeBron's right calf bigger than his left calf? Let's talk <laughs> about it. Like it was it was. It was ugly. What about, what about you, just, Eddie? Let me just, well, yeah. let me just throw this out there that you guys remember uh, the playoff Raptors, the, the old playoff Raptors, yes. old playoff Lowry. It's amazing how one good campaign will just erase that entire narrative. And I was afraid that they would default, you know, in this Brooklyn series. But game one, they blew them out of the water. And that is just, you know, to quote, was it Drake or Clay Thompson? Like, in the past, like a ponytail, right? Like, no one even remembers them anymore. I do. Sorry, that was corny. That was super corny. In the past, I like a ponytail. <laughs> Who said that? Who's responsible for that? I'm pretty sure that, that's a Drake line, and then Clay said it in the press conference. Something. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Drake. I'm pretty sure Drake said that. That sounds like mad familiar. In the past, like a ponytail. Okay. Um. On that note, 
I don't think I've made my wait. Julio, who did you have coming out of the East? See, it, oh, I, uh, it's so <laughs> difficult. It is I, hard. I, man. I did. I, I did say a few days ago though that if one of their guys got hurt, I'm taking the Raptors. So I guess the Raptors. I guess I'm being contrarian here, but uh, Milwaukee. I'm like I. It's. I know they had a rough go of it today, and. You think they can beat the Raptors? I do. I do. Oh my goodness! I oh do. my goodness! The Raptors would have a field day with Milwaukee. No, it, here's why. And I know people like to bring up the wall, and the wall did shut Giannis down. But mind you, that series still went. What was it? Six games. So that was a six game series, right? Yeah. And, the, and the sixth game was yeah. like the luckiest and shot they, I've ever and seen. Milwaukee almost went up. Three. Milwaukee yeah, they they won two in a row. They won two in a row, and the Raptors pulled off four straight. Okay, it, it, that game. I just want to say that series. You know, we can get into the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. That game probably, in my mind, I look at that somewhat like a seven-game series, just because the luckiest shot of all time went in. Great shot by Kawhi. It was just lucky as all hell. That was the Sixers. Yeah. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Unpacking has done a, a number to my uh, capacity right now, but I do know that people like to talk about the wall, right? But. I do think that Giannis remembers that, and he's not going to let that shit happen again. You think his game has changed from last year? I think what happened last year was ultimately people like to put it on Giannis because they built the wall against Giannis, but you just had shots not dropping. Because Giannis did the right things. He passed the ball out, but they had like one of the worst shooting series that they could have had for the Bucks. You know, between uh, Chris Middleton, Bledsoe, Brooke Lopez, Miritich was there at the time. No one was hitting their shots, so... I do. I don't think it gets that bad again. And, and given that, I think it goes at least seven games. And you know what? Maybe Chris Middleton clutches up one time. Hopefully, I, I mean, cannot, I know I, did, I got Eddie on my side a little bit for that one. I, I mean, I've seen it from Chris Middleton before. I just haven't seen it of late, which is crazy to me because he has the perfect game for it. His game is literally built to be clutch. He just hasn't been lately. It's crazy to me, man. But I'm taking Milwaukee. I I, I know. We like to get into, this, this, into the semantics of what playoff basketball is, but that team was the most dominant team this past season for a reason, and I think that's going to ultimately be what carries them to the finals. And, I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be close between Milwaukee and Toronto for me. It's just um, – and I wouldn't be surprised at all. If, I mean, I've been liking Milwaukee forever, so, of course, I wouldn't be surprised if they make it. To the so, so me and Eddie got the Raptors and Reagan got the uh, – Bucks. Yes, bro. It is an hour and four into this episode. <laughs> let's let's, well, let's keep going. Yeah, let's, 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 let's trail let's trail Blaze through the west. You thought west. you you thought you did something there, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, you get no props from me for that. Let's trail Blaze through the west. I guess a little bit. <laughs> I guess a little bit. I don't mean to be a. Never mind. Let me stop. <laughs> So I don't I don't want to throw a nugget <laughs> into your idea. Um, I don't want to clip or your wings or anything. You know I don't want to yeah. be a you know ah, who's another team. I, I, I let's just make, let's look. Go go ahead. I was, just, I was gonna say let's just make this simple. Who do we have coming out of the West? I, I yeah I, I was gonna say I think the Western Conference is much more simple than the East, in my opinion. So yeah, I got the Clippers and. That might sound like the, you know, default answer, but it's the answer. So there is no other answer. There is no other answer, unless 
I will say this, unless the Rockets, uh, uh, you know, Russell Westbrook returns to, you know, fully healthy and, you know, they start playing like they were, then I'd give them a chance against the Clippers uh, for real. But other than that, it's the Clippers. I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because I just really want to pick the Rockets. Like something within me no. really wants to pick the Rockets. Me- me too, and you know, Eddie, you you and I were talking uh, going into the playoffs, like, you know, during the bubble. I was like, I feel like the Rockets are just primed for a run. It just feels like, and I know every year kind of feels like that time for them, uh, but the way they were just playing with Russ and, and you know James Harden, they really looked like super super comfortable with each other. You know, at times when CP was bringing up the ball when he was. In, in Houston, James Harden was just like, oh, well, he has the ball, go shoot, right? But these two actually look comfortable together. Um, and I'd give them a legit shot against the Clippers. Other than that, it's the Clippers for me. How about the Lakers? If the Rockets play the Lakers? F- fully healthy. Mm-hmm. I feel like that game's a crapshoot. It's just whether or not the, the, the Rockets would hit their shots. Exactly. So that's why it's like it's so hard for me to count them out when it's just such a probability game. That being said, if you want to go with the reliable, it'll probably be the Clippers because, again, talent ends up winning out. And I'll still go with the Clippers to make the finals, but the Rockets are a close second to me, and it really just comes down to whether, you know, luck is on their side. Yeah, I I, I don't want to say that I don't want Russ to get healthy, but, like, you know, I want – they're going to play the Lakers in the second round if they win and if the Lakers win, obviously, and I want the Lakers to win. But I do really want to see the the – uh, the Rockets fully healthy, and, and obviously a Lakers-Clippers uh, Western Conference Finals matchup would be the most hyped, but to me it wouldn't be the me- the best matchup. The best matchup would be the Rockets up against the Clippers. I think that would be by far the best playoff series, you know, this this year. <laughs> I see Reagan is speechless. Reagan is speechless because he doesn't want to choose the Clippers. You know why he doesn't want to choose the Clippers? Because all this time, you can't turn it on and off. You can't turn it on and off. And you want to choose the Clippers, but, you know, you want to stick to your points. So go ahead. Who's really coming for your neck? Go ahead. Y'all are going to call me crazy, man. He got the Nuggets. He got the Nuggets. You like Bobo that much? He's about to say Portland. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Here's the thing. Y'all know I've I've written two pieces for the undefeated. My name Whoa, is out there. Shameless plug. <laughs> shameless plug, yeah. I have I have the Reagan Griffin Jr. show. So the things that I say, the audience as small as it is, it's not like I can just say Things in without any. Can't just say the op- yeah, yeah. Mm. You can't choose the Clippers because this whole time you've been saying you can't turn it on and off. You can't choose the Lakers because I remember at the beginning. Julio, the- you don't get. Uh, let me <laughs> let me make my decision. Man. No, 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 no. Get out of my. <laughs> I'm Get out of my head. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to help you because at the beginning you're not helping at all. This, none of this is helping. <laughs> oh man. You want to choose the Nuggets? You want Denver the was on the tip of my tongue. They really were. But 
but you, you don't feel confident enough in them because you know Julio, the truth about them. get out of my head, okay? Let me, <laughs> let me go through my decision-making. This man psychoanalyzed me. You want to pick Denver, but you don't know if, if Jamal Murray is going to be consistent. Da-da-da-da. Oh, man. I'm not picking Houston. I'm not picking Portland. I'm not picking OKC. I'm not picking Utah. Which leaves me with the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Nuggets. You guys are going to go on a journey with me. We were already, we were already over an hour. Just go on a journey with me real quick. Because we're all making this. You're seeing this decision happen live time. I, I didn't know what I was saying, and I still don't know. The Clippers, yes. I have been saying this entire time, and I hold true to this statement. I'm not budging on that. You cannot turn it on and off. They have had it off for almost this entire season. And I'm not sure if you can just turn it on against the best of the best. I think they will have cohesion issues. I think in tight games down the stretch, there could be some moments where we see, okay, this is a team that hasn't played together as much as a normal championship team would have played together. The Lakers. Had they played, had they been playing basketball like they were pre-hiatus, this would be a pretty easy decision. But since coming back, I have not seen the Lakers play like a championship team. Do I think they have it in them? I don't know. The Nuggets. Really weird pick, honestly. Like, they're they're a good team. They have Will Barton out indefinitely, which concerns me. I think Michael Porter Jr. is very good, but... You know, Eddie, he stays in my ear about this, and it's right. He's the type of dude that his shot is either going to fall or it's not. And if it's not, how effective is he really on the court? Jokic is very good. Jokic is an underrated clutch performer. Jamal Murray is a very good clutch performer. They have a very solid defense. It almost sounds like you're talking yourself into Pick. Pick. You're going to choose the late The Los Angeles Lakers. Hey, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. If for no other reason, because you guys see I'm clearly conflicted right now. If for no other reason. I do have an interesting question for you, though. So do you think the Nuggets are going to beat the Clippers? I think there's a better chance than a lot of people think. I'll leave it at that. I'm not going to go out that far on the limb and say the Nuggets will beat the Clippers. But I think that series goes seven games, and I think that's a lot. It's a lot better chance than people would think at first glance, just because both of Jokic and Jamal Murray are so clutch, man, and they play very good defense. I think they match up well. You got to talk about a dude like Jeremy Grant, and then um, Torrey Craig plays pretty good defense. I would if Yo, they that, have Will that, Barton that, back, they, that was going to be that a, backup point guard's been playing well. Yeah, Monte Morris. Monte well. Morris. He's been better than Gary play. Harris. Um, well, let me let me throw this question. Why did you just? throw out Houston instantly there's no shot for them I think Houston is you know like we talked about they're they live and die by that three and I don't think that three is going to be enough to sustain them if they live by a one series I feel like they die by you know they have to make it past what three series to make it to the finals I think they die in one of those series it just the shot doesn't fall so I wouldn't pick Houston Yeah, you don't feel Los confident Angeles, in any of those three, huh? 
I don't. I really don't. I don't feel confident in, like, this. And, again, it makes for a good entertainment product, right? Because for the last couple of years, it was like, okay, the Warriors are clearly the finals. And then maybe there's some questions between, like, two or three teams in the East. But right now, we're sitting here, like, four or five teams. Like, okay, we could we, – any one of these teams could uh, yeah. best any of these I, other teams. So, it makes I, for an entertaining product. But for us analysts, that's difficult, I, man. Obviously, I want the Lakers to, you know, win it all. But – Again, I, I just want to see that series so bad. And I, I was wishing that it was going to be a second-round series. But that Rocket, uh, Rockets-Clippers series, and that would obviously take, you know, the Rockets beating the Lakers in the second round. But a Rockets-Clippers series, now I, I've been telling Eddie this too, like it would be so amazing to watch because, you know, Patrick Beverly uh, uh, and Russell Westbrook hate each other. I think the beef between those two teams is even bigger than uh, – you know, the Clippers, Lakers, uh, hometown rivalry. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, man. So how about our eventual finals prediction? Are we even willing to go there considering how much yeah. indecision no, we have going on? We, we, we can go there. We might it's as well, easy. man. We sitting it, at what, an hour my, and a half? Screw it. My, or hour mine would be the Clip, Clippers, Raptors. Easy. Clips. Just Clippers. And that, right? it, it really pains me to say that because they're my least favorite team. I, I hate them so much. They make my blood boil. Wait, so do you guys both have Raptors that. Clippers? Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And I know Eddie. Oh, I want to. I want to hear Eddie's pick. Oh no, I have the Clippers, and oh. I will even go out further. And I think that Paul George is going to do something that wins in the Finals MVP. Hmm. I don't know what it is, but. He's going to do something that wins him the finals MVP. See, the thing Unless is, Kawhi just has the narrative totally controlled. That's what I'm saying. But, the, that finals MVP is a very narrative driven thing. It's a very narrative driven thing. Something amazing is going to happen that the nine voters that vote on it have no choice but to give it to Paul George. I will is say, what I, think will I, I will say that as much as I believe and I've seen Paul George come up short. I do think he puffs his chest out, his little chest out, when he has Kawhi next to him, and he can perform well. And, and you know, they obviously have the advantage over Toronto. So I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. But if he was the best player and, and he was leading his own team, I think he'd, he, he'd choke. But I, I can see that happening. It felt very antagonistic right there, man. Like you, it felt he puffs his little chest out because he has the shield of Kawhi. Like he's just like this. Like you have the big bully on the block, and then you have like the one sign, the scrawny friend behind him. Like yeah, get him, Kawhi. Good job. <laughs> Throws in that one last sucker punch after the bully's already knocked the kid out. Like man, I just want. I want to hear your pick. I want to hear your pick. <sighs> I mean, it gets easier for me because I'm only dealing with two teams. Because for both the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, I had at least three, four teams in my head. Because there's only two teams, I think if you get LeBron to that finals, he's not giving that thing up. I think it would be harder for him to get to the finals than it would be for him to win it. I'll put it like that. So, Lakers in the finals, LeBron takes it. LeBron and the Lakers. I should throw in AD as well because we, we got to give him his credit. Because he's a great player, <laughs> and also because we want him to resign, and he's a power forward. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm going I Lakers. Definitely, I definitely think I definitely think if that was the matchup, uh, that you know you, you took the words right out of my mouth. LeBron would not let that chance go by for his legacy, and he'd go ham, and he'd play 48 minutes a game, and you know just try to do everything he can, which is the way he should be playing right now. Uh, 
which is extremely frustrating. But yeah, I, I see that. Yeah, man, that was tough. That took a lot. Of, I hope you guys recognize that took a lot out of me. I had not made that decision. But well, we have it officially on record now. I so picked the two number one seeds to play each other. <laughs> After all that, I really and just I'm- picked the two number <laughs> one seeds. Um, man, that just tells goes to tell you how great this NBA season has been and how great it will continue to be, that there's that much conflict, man. It's a beautiful thing. I'm excited for it. Y'all hype? Yup. Can't wait. I'm hyped for all of this new Square One stuff, man. We had some stuff in the pipeline. We've been putting in work. You guys think we've just been resting over quarantine, huh? We had that gap a couple weeks without an episode. Y'all thought we was just relaxing, doing nothing. No, we was putting in work, man. We got a whole lot of new stuff ready to roll out for y'all. Eddie, you want to delve into such matters before we head up out of here? Of course. I mean, we already talked about some of the, uh, obviously, changes to the podcast. We're going to the two times a week. Um, All of that. I mean, you heard all of that, but... We're also unveiling a new social media feed. We're trying to, you know, update our aesthetic game, trying to make it more interactive to our followers. Speaking of, you can follow us um, on Instagram and Twitter, still at SQR1Media, but if you want a hoop and holler focused um, social media experience, you can also follow our at SQR1Hoops account. Again, that's spelled out SQR1Hoops on Instagram and Twitter. There'll be that. Our Medium page will be updated soon with a lot of new writing and content coming down the line. Um, a lot of interesting Sorry. stuff. Um, Julio. <laughs> Your whispering sucks. Your whispering sucks, Julio. <laughs> did I not? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you're good, dude. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Julio said, <laughs> anyways, anyways, I believe that's um, that's all with the new Square One stuff. Um, it, it, it's a, it's really a second season for everything. The NBA for us, you know, school, you know, our podcasts, our, our, our content, everything. Our living really arrangement. To be rolling this out. Living arrangement too. That's true. All that good stuff, man. You guys stay tuned. Make sure you keep up with what we're doing because we're coming with we're coming hard, man. We're about to go hard on this. We 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 ain't get featured on Fresh Finds for nothing, man. I'll just put it like that. They got the best of the best. We was on there with who? Like Michelle Obama's podcast. Michelle Obama. Some stuff from the ringer. Like, come on, man. We we over here at Hoopa Holler, we do this stuff, man. Come on. Come on. Either get on the get on the train now or get on the train later. I don't really care where you get on the train. As long as you get on the train, please stay on. I gotta stop saying train so much. I feel like that could be interpreted wrong. This outro is going poorly. All right, wrap it up, Reagan. Come on, Reagan, wrap it up. <laughs> yes, sir. Like Eddie said, go follow all of that good stuff at SQR1 Media. Or at, yeah, SQR1 Media at SQR1 Hoops for a specific hoop and holler experience. Go check out the Medium page. I hope you guys like that new intro. Shout out to Eddie for putting that together. I hope you guys like the new graphic. Shout out to Cameron for those heads. Shout out to me for typing out hoop and holler. That was nice. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Stay tuned. We're going to come out 30-minute episodes, around 30 minutes, Tuesdays and Fridays. Be on it because we're going to be on it. We'll see you next time. This has been the Hoop and Holler Podcast.